You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Good morning, good morning. Everybody glad to be here? Man, I'm excited to be finishing up Sermon on the Mount. Uh, this has been a 12-week series. This is week 12. It's been our longest series ever at Impact Church. And, man, it's been a blessing for me. Because what happens for me is I get to go through this right along with you guys. Like, I get to, to read and to study. And, man, the Spirit's just worked in my life uh, through this series. And I'm just hopeful and prayerful that He's done the same with you guys. And we're going to end today, or this series with Jesus's final words in this message, because that's the end of the message, right? So it makes sense that we're going to end this series how he ended his sermon. Now, I want you to keep in mind that this sermon was all at one time for Jesus. So it wasn't broken into 12 weeks. This was just a continuous message. What's happened, right, is if I tried to get up here and preach through 12 different topics at one time and we're here all day, you guys aren't coming back. So we don't do that, right? So we broke this down into 12 weeks. We're excited about the fact that Jesus starts with the gospel and he ends with the gospel because it's all about the gospel. And we saw in week one of this series way back is... Jesus is is saying, hey, so when you get to the place in your life where you know you need something spiritually, then congratulations. Blessed are you when you realize that you are spiritually bankrupt. Blessed are you you when you hand the reins of your life over to him. And then from there, he goes on to say, you are the salt and the light of the earth. Now, because you have experienced the gospel of Jesus, because you've started a relationship with him, now your life is going to be different. This is how a Christ follower lives. And that's what the rest of this sermon on the Mount has been about. And then he summarizes it all here at the end saying, hey, again, I want you to understand it's all about me. It's not about you and how good you can be and all the stuff you can do. It's about having a relationship with me. So as we dig in this morning, I want you to keep that in mind. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 is where we're going to start with this. It says, everyone then, so here he's closing it out. He's saying, hey, everything you've heard, so here it is. We're wrapping it up. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So let's break this this opening sentence down really quickly. He says, hey, every one of you who've been listening to this Sermon on the Mount, there's a lot of people gathered around. He's, He's preaching these life lessons. And he's saying, hey, so all of you who hear these words and you do them, you will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Here's what I've learned in all my years of ministry is that we're really good at getting information, not so good at applying that information that we get. So Jesus is saying, hey, I'm glad that you're here and you're listening, but there needs to be some application. So if you're taking notes, 
Information should always lead to application. You apply what you hear, what you learn. There's a lot of people that are listening to a sermon right now in America. They're at church and they're listening to a message. And a lot of people are going to walk out of that building and they're going to have a lot of information and they're going to do nothing about applying that information to their life. So I want you to know that all I do on Sundays is I remind you of the gospel and I, I want to give you that information again and again and again and allow you to go and apply that to your life. Man, that's my prayer and that's my heart for us is that we're constantly reminded of the gospel and that the spirit works in each and every one of us to apply that to the way that we live life. He says, you'll be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So what is the rock that he's talking about? Because, man, if we really, if we start thinking about this, we can put any, anything into that, right? But I want to I go to scripture to tell you what he's talking about. So Jesus takes his disciples to this place and he says, hey, who do people say that I am? And they say, man, they say you're a wise man. You're really cool. You, maybe you're just reincarnation of one of the prophets. Maybe Elijah, maybe Jonah, maybe this. And Jesus asked the most important question that you will ever have to answer in your life. And he says, but who do you say that I am? And then Peter being Peter, right? Loud mouth, just he wants to speak first. He says, hey, you are the son of the living God. And Jesus responds to him in verse 17 of Matthew 16. It says, And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Here's, here's what Jesus is saying. Peter is proclaiming the gospel by saying, Jesus, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. That is the gospel being proclaimed. And Jesus says, upon the public proclamation of that gospel, that is what I'm going to build my church on. That is the rock. It's the gospel of Jesus. So he's saying here, hey, when you build your house on that, when you build your house, your life, is what he means by house. When you build your life on the gospel of Jesus, then you'll be like a wise man. When you build your house on, on the realization that Jesus is who he says he is, that he came and lived a perfect life because he was on a rescue mission for sinners like me and you, that he went all the way to the cross, that he who knew no sin became sin so that we may be the righteousness of God. That's the gospel of Jesus, and that's what he's saying to build your life on. When you build your life on that rock, the gospel of Jesus, it's the proclamation that he is who he says he is. Now, we, what we can't do is we can't get to the end of this Sermon on the Mount, and we begin to think that there's some new covenant law that we have to follow like there was an old covenant law. See, we've been talking about Jesus and his grace and his love and his mercy the entire time. 
But it's really easy for us when Jesus says, hey, those of you who hear and do, it's really easy for us to, to begin to think that there's some kind of new list, some new covenant type law that we must follow. And man, if we do that, then we're completely missing the point. See, Jesus has already said, this is, this is who you need to be. Right? You, you've heard it was always said that you should do this. Don't murder people. Don't, don't uh, commit adultery. Don't do this. Don't do this. And you're like, yeah, man, I'm cool with that. And Jesus says, yeah, but if you hate someone, then you've already murdered. If you have lust for someone, then you've already committed adultery. Don't pray so people see that you pray really well. Don't give so people see that you give really well. What Jesus is doing in this whole message is saying, you cannot gain the approval of God. You can't. You can't work your way into approval of God. But what he is saying is that when you begin to follow Jesus, you're already approved because of him. Is that when you become the righteousness of God, the approval is already there. So what do we do? We begin to live like Jesus. It doesn't mean that there's a list of do's and don'ts. It means that we realize that we're a bigger mess than we ever thought we were. Is that when we go down this list, if you want to call it a list, and we talk about being mad at someone, we talk about looking as something with lustful intent. We talk about divorce. We talk about prayer. And then we start going down this list and you're like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. And Jesus is like, yeah, uh-oh, you're a bigger mess than you even thought you were. But guess what? Congratulations when you know that because now I can work in your life. Congratulations to you when you realize that you can't do it. And he's not saying here, hey, you build your house on this rock and then you do, 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 do. No, he's saying you build your house on this rock and the gospel is you can't do it. So you trust in me and allow me to just pour out of your life. And that's the gospel of Jesus. But what we do is we say, man, I need to get to work. Look at all this stuff, all this stuff Jesus is talking about. I need to get to work. And the, the reality is your works don't work. There's nothing you can do to earn the approval. Jesus says in this message, be perfect because I'm perfect. And you're like, yep, man, I was doing good until then. I was doing good until Jesus told me to be perfect. And then, man, really, you weren't doing good. You were just pulling yourself because we're just not good people apart from him. We all fall short of the glory of God. And when we get to that point in our life where we realize that and we realize it's not about what we can do, it's about who we know. And his name is Jesus. And because of him and because he's pouring into our life, then we do begin to live differently. We do begin to build our house, our life on the gospel of Jesus. The things that we used to do, we don't do them anymore. The life that we used to live, we don't live that way anymore. All things pass away and all things are becoming new because of him, not because of you. Because he's working in your life. 
the story of the prodigal son. I'm not going to talk about it much because we're talking about that next week. But when the, when the son finally comes back home and he's running, the father meets him. The father hugs him. That's cool. The father puts a, a coat on him. That's cool. And then it says the father kisses him. And when we build our life on the gospel of Jesus, I believe that Christ's hope is that we experience the kiss of our heavenly father is that we experience the gospel. That it's not just some decision that we make, but it's a lifestyle and it's an experience that we live. And the most important question that you'll ever answer is who do you say Jesus is? And if you've never answered that question, one day you will. You'll either do it here on this earth or you'll do it the end of of time, as we know time, where every knee and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Have you answered that question? Who do you say that he is? So if you build your house on that rock, on that gospel, apply that to your life. So here's the information he's saying, apply that and you'll be like a wise man. And then it doesn't say that your life is going to be perfect after that. Verse 25 says, and the rain fell. I want you to know the same rain that the, that the foolish man experiences, the wise man experiences as well. Now, wouldn't it be so amazing if when we made that decision to build our life on the gospel, that it said, hey, so no rain ever fell, no storm ever came in, there were no floods, there was no wind, your life was great. That's not what he says. He says, and the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. If you're taking notes, write this down. Building on the rock doesn't withhold the storm, it withstands it. The storm's coming. All throughout scripture, we see that there will be storms in our life. There will be rain, there will be wind, there will be stuff that we don't want to experience. There's all this stuff that's beating, banging on the house, on our life. And that doesn't have to be strong if the foundation is built on the rock, the gospel of Jesus. And as some of you are sitting in this room right now and the rain's falling in your life. Some of you are sitting in this room and the winds are blowing against the house. Man, you just don't know what to do next. There's just a lot of storming happening right now and it's beating and it's beating and it's beating. And when we build our house on the rock of the gospel of Jesus, what happens is what Paul says is that we experience a peace that transcends all understanding. Is that when everything should be falling apart in your life, somehow you haven't fallen apart. Somehow, even though it feels like everything around you is going haywire and your life should pretty much be over, you realize you're still standing and you don't really know why. And it's because you've built your house on the gospel of Jesus. And he gives you a peace that passes all understanding. One of the coolest things being a pastor is getting to see people 
go through these storms of life and stand firm because they've built their house on the rock. And you can see people saying, hey, how are you dealing with this? How are you still standing? How are you still even making it to church on Sunday? How are you still going to life group? How are you still functioning? And you, you just hear and see people say, I, you know, I really don't know. I don't know how I'm still functioning. Every time it feels like I can't take anymore and I'm about to just come apart, I just get this peace that I don't even understand. And I want you to know that that's the peace of God because you've built your house on the rock of the gospel. Man, and that's my prayer and my hope for us is that we experience the peace that passes all understanding. Verse 26 says, And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. So here's the deal. Same information, no application. So the wise man had the information, he applied it. The foolish man hears, he has the same information, and he decides, hey man, I don't need you, I got this. I got this. I don't need anything about Jesus. I don't need God to take care of me. I got it. And the truth is, you don't got it. You just don't. I don't either. We need him. But the foolish man says, hey man, I I got it. I I don't need that. There's no application. I want you to think about some things that really, it matters that you apply it, right? Sunscreen. You can have the biggest bottle of sunscreen that you want. You can know what percentage it is. You can know if it's for adults or babies. You can know how it works and how you're supposed to put it on. But if you don't apply it, you're going to get burnt. Deodorant. Does it matter? You can have as many different types of deodorant as you want. You can have the white kind. You can have the the blue kind. You can have the spray kind. You can have a big bottle, a, a small bottle. You can love all the commercials. You can, you can do all this stuff. But if you don't apply it, you're just a big walking stick of beef and cheese. The truth is you got to apply it, right? Gym membership. I'm not going to talk about it. Just look around. At our, at our people, right? I love you guys, myself included. We could all probably use some extra push-ups. But if we have gym memberships and we don't apply it, then it's doing nothing for us. That's what Jesus is saying. Hey, here's the information. Now apply it. And if you don't, you're like a foolish man. And foolish doesn't mean dumb. There's a lot of dumb people. Foolish means moron. And the Greek word for moron really means godless. So he's saying, hey, so this is what the godless person does is they hear it and they don't apply it. They build their house on the sand. James would say it this way in James chapter 1. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like, let me just set this up for you. When you wake up in the morning and you look in the face or you look in the mirror and you see what's staring back at you and you gasp, that's what James is talking about. 
Like this is your natural face before you color it up, before you stretch it, before you do whatever you do with it. You wake up, you, you look in the mirror and you do an assessment of the way that you look. Some of us look in the mirror and we're like, man, I don't know what happened while I was sleeping, but it wasn't good. And that's an assessment that we make. What we don't do is we don't blame shift and say, hey, honey, I need you to buy some new pillows because it's messing my face up, right? No, that's not what we do. We take responsibility for the way that we look and we do something about it, right? And usually, maybe four, five, six years ago, I'd be talking just to the women, but not today. It's 2022. Guys are coloring and doing a lot of stuff too, right? So it's everybody. We look in the mirror and we, we see something, we make an assessment. The assessment's important, but it's not the most important because then we have to do something about what we see. That's what James is saying here. He's saying, hey, so if, you, if you're only hearers of the word and you're not doers, you're like someone who's looking in the mirror and then you see all this mess and you walk away and just forget about it and you do, you do nothing. And if you do that long enough, somebody in your life group's going to come to you and say, are you doing okay? And you're like, yeah, why? You're like, I'm just wondering, do you live inside? Like, what's going, what's going on with all this? You're like, oh, yeah, so I saw all that. I saw my hair going all kinds of different ways, and maybe there's my face is looking a little weird. I saw that. I just didn't think I needed to do anything about it. And you're like, well, you do, right? Do something about it. I, I love you. I'm in your life group. I just want to encourage you to do something. That's what Jesus is saying. That you have all this information. I've been preaching to you about the gospel and what it looks like to have a grace-infused life. And if you want to hear all these words and then do nothing, then you're like a godless man who's building his life on the sand. John would say it this way in 1 John chapter 2, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, and he says this is all the world has, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. So this is, this is John's version of build your life on the rock and not the sand, or it's just all going away. And he says, hey, this is what the world has to offer. So I want to give you really quickly three ways that we build our life on the sand instead of the rock. And number one is this, with the desires of the flesh. And what, what that means is, I deserve to feel a certain way. I want to feel like this, so I deserve this, and this is what I'm going to build my life on. I deserve to just feel the way that I want to feel in life. I deserve to, to feel happy. I deserve to feel loved. I deserve to feel uh, whatever, sex, drugs, rock and roll, whatever it is, right? I deserve to feel this way, and we build our life on that. We build our life on these desires of the flesh. And John and Jesus and James are all saying the same thing. Hey, if you do that, then something is going to go very, very bad in your life. This is all the world has to offer. You build your life on this stuff. Number two is the desires of the eyes. And it's I deserve to have. And this really plays out in money. 
Some of us want to have a lot of stuff. We want to spend a lot of money. And some of us, we want to find security in money. So we want to save a lot of money. We want a certain number in our account. We check our stock market app all the time. And we just feel like if we can hit this number, man, we're, we're really secure. And it takes one phone call in this moment for all that security to go away for you. But we begin to build our life on these things, these desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and then the pride of life is number three. And it says, man, I deserve to be important. I deserve to make much of me. Is I want to impress people, that I want some title or accomplishment, and I'm going to build my life on that. I'm going to work 80 hours a week because that's important to me to accomplish this goal for this company so people see me, so that people know me, so that my title gets up here. And here's the problem. When you wake up in 10 years, you're all by yourself because you've run everyone else off. You've built your life on the sand. And the sand is always shifting. The, the sand is, is always a bad place to build anything. I don't know if you've ever tried to build something on the sand. It doesn't work very well because it doesn't take much to knock it over. And what happens is when, when we see a house built on the rock, a house built on the sand, they look pretty much the same on the outside. Is That's one of the problems with my job. And man, I'm not saying that my job is bad at all. I love what I do. But to me, all of you guys look pretty similar on the outside. It's when the storms come is when the foundation is really revealed. What happens when the storm comes? Verse 27 says, And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. And as your pastor, one of the hardest things for me is to see a storm hit your life and everything fall apart because your, your foundation was built on the sand. And see, all of us get the same information. All of us are reminded of the gospel. And what we like to do in America is we kind of like we kind of like the mobile home thing. So one week we really want our mobile home to be on the rock, but then something's happening in the world and we want to move it over and we want our foundation to be the sand. And what we do is we try to keep one foot in the Jesus camp, one foot in the world camp, and we're getting torn apart and you can't do it. Jesus says, "Hey, you can't serve two masters." What is your life built on? Is your life built on the rock of the gospel of Jesus? Or is your life built on the things of this world? Because all the world has to offer you is just what the world has. And it's nothing. But what we like to do is we like to build our house on the sand. And then we like to sprinkle a little bit of Jesus on the top. And when that storm comes, the sprinkles are going first, and then everything else is falling, and great is the fall. Because it doesn't just affect you, it affects everyone around you. 
when we build our house on the things of this world, when our life is focused and built on all of this mess, on what we want to feel like, on what we want, on trying to please man, trying to accomplish something, trying to have some title, it will fail. And when it does, it will be a great fall. And Jesus is saying, man, listen, this whole message, this whole sermon is about you understanding that you can't do it. It's all about having a relationship with him. Jesus is saying, I want to close this out by letting you know that if you, if you hear all these words and then you don't do them, then great is your fall because you're going to fall. But if you hear all these words, those who have listened to this sermon, if you go and you do and you build your house on the rock, man, then congratulations to you. And again, this isn't a go and, and check off boxes. It's a go and understand that because we are sinners in need of a Savior, that God sent Jesus on a rescue mission for us, that he defeated death, that he arose from the grave. And that's why we get to sing a song that says, hey, we're confident that every prayer that we make is on an empty grave because Jesus defeated death. Man, how, how powerful is it that our prayers are on the resurrection power? The gospel is we're sinners in need of a Savior. He's done everything necessary for our salvation. We, we confess that He's Lord. We commit to follow Him. Understanding that we can't do this. It's not about get to work. It's about knowing that none of our works work and it's all about him. That's the gospel. Is that what your life is built on? I'm going to close here. Jesus closes with this. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. So what, what the scribes would normally do is they would just repeat scripture. They would just write stuff down and they would teach what was already there. What Jesus is doing is he said, hey, so you've heard it was said because this is what you've learned, but hey, now this is what I'm saying. Jesus is changing the game. Jesus, Jesus is raising the bar and because he raised the bar, we realize we can't, we can't get there. And when we realize that, we go all the way back to the Beatitudes and Jesus says, blessed are you. Blessed are you when you are spiritually bankrupt. Blessed are you because that's when you are in a position to receive the kingdom of heaven. And then he finishes this whole message with, man, you've heard these words. Here's the information. Is there going to be application or is there not? And the love of God is that he always gives us the freedom to choose. 
Sometimes, man, for me, I wish he would not give me the freedom to choose. Just make me do something that's going to honor you. And he says, yeah, you know what? That's not love. Love is, I'm going to allow you to choose to love me back or not. It's the same thing with my kids, man. I can't make my kids love me. There would never be a time that I just grab my kids and, man, that I put them in some kind of chokehold. Well, I might do that, but not for this reason, right? And make them love me. I'm going to show them how much I love them, and I'm going to just expect that they will love me back because they see how much I loved them. And God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were still sinners, he sent Jesus to die for us. Is that we know how to love because he first loved us. So he gives us the freedom. He says, hey, so all of you who are listening and you do this and you build your life on the gospel that man, blessed are you. Blessed are you. Congratulations to you. Man, for all of those who have heard and you don't apply it and you just feel like, man, I got this. And then great will be your fall. And the same rain, the same wind, the same storm comes to both people. And it beats and it beats and it beats some of you are experiencing that right now in your life and if you've built your life on the sand man I want to give you the opportunity today and encourage you to make the decision to to build your life on the truth of the gospel that God loves you and he sent his son on a rescue mission for you for those of you who do have your life built on the rock and you're dealing with that storm and you're dealing with that rain, man, I want to encourage you to understand and to know that God is working all things out for the good of those who love Him. They're called according to His purpose. He doesn't promise an easy life. Building on the rock doesn't withhold the storm just withstands the storm. And I want to stand with you this morning in prayer. I want to encourage you that if you've begin, if you've started to build your life on the, the sand, the, the things of this world, then man, I want you to realize that there's a better way, and that way is Jesus. That there's no hope when you build your house on the sand, but there's nothing but hope when you build your house on hell. Let's stand together this morning as we respond. And we're going to respond like we always do. We're going to sing because he's worthy to be singing. There's, there's, just, there's a newness of life when we come to follow Jesus. There's new power there's just something special and he creates new things all the time. We're going to sing to him because he's worthy. We're going to bring, we're going to bring our first and our best because he gave us his first, his best in Jesus.
For you, some of you, that means you, you go back to our table and you put a check in, you put cash in. Some of you, it's take out your phone and give through the, the app. Some of you, it's just to give online. Whatever it is for you, we want to bring our first and our best to him in response to who he is. And then we're going to pray. We're going to pray that our life is built on the truth of the gospel, the proclamation that Jesus is the Son of God. We're going to pray that the Spirit moves. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.